Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Bad Movie Sunday. Uh, BMS for short is what we call our podcast. But for today, I'm thinking we add an extra letter to the end. Well, it's not the exact letters, but... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I know exactly what you're going to say. Just say it. Is it a D? Are we going to add the D today? Oh, that's better. Okay, see, I was going like, we, we, you know, Bad Movie Sunday is the name of our podcast. So sometimes when Amy and I are talking about it, we just call it BMS for short. So I was like, BMSM, because it sounds like, because it sounds like BDSM. But I do like your joke actually much. (laughs) (laughs) I do actually like your joke much better. (laughs) Today we're adding that D, BDSM, BD, well, BDMS, you know, close enough. It's some Um, sort of string of letters. And you might be wondering why. Why is today's podcast turning into a BDSM podcast? Well, today is, uh, as Ashley said, a very special but also a very sensual Mm. episode. Because this is episode 69. And you know we couldn't resist doing a little something something, uh, to celebrate the occasion. And how are we going to do that? Well, if you read the title... You'll know exactly how with Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, yeah, we had a whole lineup of movies for November that we could have our pick of. We had some already in the works that we were going to do. And then we realized this was episode 69 and we were like, damn, gotta, we got to change our whole schedule around. This is, we got to do something special for this episode. <laughs> we only get one 69th episode, so we can't waste it. And, you know, this is our fun season and no matter how we feel about this movie, this movie was a little bit fun in the way Twilight is fun or uh, any other so bad it's kind of funny movie is. But yeah, episode 69, the real nice. question is, will nice. they 69? Well, that is the question. And we will give you the answer by the end of this. But you're probably yeah. going to be a little disappointed, frankly. Yeah, a little disappointed. We really wanted to... End November with a bang, literally. Um, oh my god, you know what I just realized? <laughs> it's no not November. <gasps> oh, well... We are so sorry. And you know what? This was our 69th episode. We had to put this one out. I'm so sorry that it overlapped with a month. No, you know what? We're not sorry. Because if you watch this movie, you're not going to want a nut ever. <laughs> so you're welcome, it's actually. <laughs> you're welcome, actually. We are Bad Movie Sunday. If you are new to the podcast, we watch bad movies so that you don't have to. Although I feel like a lot of you have probably already seen this one. I'm Ashley, one of your hosts. I'm Amy, your other host. And we have a lot, like surprisingly a lot to get into um, with this movie. So I feel like we should kind of move it forward for this one. Amy uh, texted me. A uh, couple days, you know, after we we sort of said we were going to do this one, um, and she was like, "I wrote like a bajillion pages of notes," for this movie. <laughs> and I was like, "For this movie, for like, what could possibly happen in this movie?" And then I watched it, and oh my god, there's so much to talk about. So I think we should get right into it. You know what? I think the people need a little foreplay, a, a little teaser. So before we get into the movie, I do have a few Fifty Shades book quotes that weren't in the movie, 
but Ooh. are kind of on the same level as the dialogue in the movie. And it's pretty unfortunate that they weren't in the movie because I feel like they would have fit in perfectly. It's so... You know the show Riverdale? I know you watch it, but... <laughs> no! The dialogue in this movie is... And I haven't seen it, so Ashley, you tell me if this is right. But I yeah. feel like the dialogue in this movie is on par with Riverdale dialogue. You are right on the money there. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, which I feel like all of you know, this was originally a Twilight fan fiction which was then turned into a full published book. And that's what this uh, movie is based on, is that book. Now, I usually, if we're watching a movie that's based on a book, I like to read the book first. I'm a book kind of gal. I like to read the book first, get a little context for what's going on in the movie. This was one time where I did not feel the need to read the source material first. <laughs> if anyone out there is questioning why, well, I'll tell you. Listen to this quote. Um, oh, no. I have a lot of them, but um, this one is baffling, much like the movie is. <laughs> the quote is this. Put the chicken in the fridge. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It's not over yet. Put the chicken in the fridge. <laughs> this is not a sentence I had ever expected to hear from Christian, and only he can make it sound hot, really hot. What? <laughs> was that the was that the whole sentence he said to her? That was the whole sentence. He said, "Put the chicken in the fridge," and she was, you know, horned up. She wanted she wanted his chicken in her fridge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, another quote: "I must be the color of the Communist Manifesto." <laughs> We're gonna back all the way up with that one. <laughs> Does she mean red? I think she means red, but like I she imagine... was blushing, she was red. Yeah, Why? I feel like the first thing I would go to to be like, oh, I'm, I'm so, I was blushing, I'm so red right now, would be like, mm, I feel like the color of like a tomato or an mm -hmm. apple. Those mm -hmm. are like, mm, you know, you could do some euphemisms with those. They're like mm, round and squishy or whatever. The communist <laughs> manifesto, not particularly something I would associate, I, I would not, like, think of. I don't think I'd be kind of, like, in the moment and be like, damn, you know what I'm picturing right now? That good old book, that good little red <laughs> yeah. book. Anastasia Steele, you gotta get your metaphors better than that one. Um, yeah, she's supposed to be an English lit major. And yeah. <laughs> she's supposed to be up and at them with all her book references. Now, this one... The elevator whisks me with terminal velocity to the 20th floor. Beam me up, Scotty. We are going at warp speed. <laughs> terminal velocity. Wow. wow. Okay, listen to this one. Ah, I cry as I feel a weird pinching sensation deep inside me as he rips through my virginity. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Take it back. Please don't rip. Please hey. don't rip anything, sir. Hey, things should not be ripped. No. <laughs> not how I would describe it. There's no virginity to be ripped, but also things should not be ripped oh. during during the act, virgin or not. And now <laughs> let me let me get this dialogue. 
I like your kinky fuckery, I whisper. (laughs) (laughs) Goosey? Sorry, Goosey? Oh, sorry, let me whisper it. I like your kinky fuckery. No, I'm sorry, that's worse. (laughs) No, no, I'm sorry. This is, I thought for a minute, oh, maybe we could, uh, you know, sometimes (laughs) movies get a bit sort of tedious, you know, there's a lot of bad movie podcasts out there. Oh, maybe we should, like, transition to ASMR at some point. (laughs) No, I, that fantasy has been whisked out the window by, uh, just now. (laughs) BDSM, ASMR, um. (laughs) All the acronyms. All the acronyms. Now, if you thought that was bad, if you thought the ripping through the virginity was bad, listen to this one. Because this was not a scene in the movie, but apparently this was a scene in the book. He reaches between my legs and Uh pulls on the blue string, dot, dot, dot. What? Exclamation point. And dot, 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 gently pulls my tampon out and tosses it into the nearby (laughs) toilet. Holy fuck, sweet mother of all, dot, 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 jeez. (laughs) I love that she just ends it with the jeez. Damn. That's damn. What? A lot of care that goes, that's got to go into pulling a tampon out. You can't just like... Mm -hmm. You know, like starting a lawnmower, just pull it out and throw it. And there's, you know, there's going to be a little blood there. There's going to be a little blood coming out, too. Um, it, it just, the way that it's described, he just like, he just, <laughs> just he just yoinks like that out. <laughs> he just, <laughs> like a flower petal, just. Pluck it off. You know what? Actually, I am thinking because I was like, hmm, that's a weird thing to include. But with the context of knowing that this used to be a Twilight fan fiction. Oh, and that the, the guy she was oh, is a vampire. You know, like, like, you know, there's got to be some weird, bloody scenes going on in that original uh, uh, literature, right? Oh, damn. So those quotes probably don't make a lot of sense if. You're one of the very few people who haven't heard of the movie or the book or anything about this story. And if you haven't, first of all, lucky you. Turn this episode off now. <laughs> Keep your innocence. <laughs> but if you wanna, if you wanna know what all the fuss is about, I do have a summary here from Google that kind of explains it. And it says, Anastasia fills in for her journalist friend and interviews Christian Gray a businessman. They begin a relationship where she discovers that his sexual life is influenced by his tormented past. Wow. Fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's what people are coming to see this movie for, is the emotional drama and tragic backstories. We'll get into this more later, but his tragic backstory, like, we get snippets of it, but we never get, like, the full picture they're really milking out the story so they can spread it out over the next two movies also i feel like this is going to be a kissing booth situation um in which literally every movie has the same plot (laughs) of them trying to get together being forced apart by influences outside and within them and then getting back together and then breaking up again yeah 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 i do definitely feel that kind of vibe is probably what the next two movies are going to be about. But for now, don't even worry about that, man. We're just going to be focusing on the first movie, the good, the original. You know, okay, when I was <laughs> watching this movie, I feel like, I don't know how you watch this, Amy, but I tried to have 
the least sexy experience I could possibly have while watching this movie. So let me tell you what my movie watching experience was like for this, right? Picture me this. I'm watching this on my little laptop screen (laughs) (laughs) in broad daylight. Um, (laughs) And I was just like, while I was doing it, well, I watched the, while I was watching the movie is what doing it means. Um, (laughs) I was just, I was just, you know, like I was clipping my toenails um, they were getting kind of long, so I had to, you know, clip those <laughs> yeah. bad boys. It was like dinner time, so I had a an, a big old bowl of beans, which I which was probably in the category of least sexy food, because then I did have to fort like a yeah. ton of times that during the course of this movie because of those darn beans. <laughs> um, so I was just trying to have like the least sexy experience I possibly <laughs> could this whole time. Damn, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good setup. Okay, okay. Let me tell you about my setup. Okay, okay. Um, to because I also I didn't intentionally like seek out like an atmospheric, unsexy environment like you did, but it kind of you know came to me as I was watching the movie. Because um, okay, so to make the unsexy experience while I was watching this movie, I only did one thing. Okay, I watched this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. It was not sexy. No, I'm so sorry wasn't. for everybody who is expecting us to say, "Oh my god, this was the steamiest movie ever." It was like a sauna. There was so much steam in in that movie. It, it really wasn't. It was really like the way that they perform it is is the dialogue and their relationship is so awkward and forced and i i don't know it was just not sexy no it was and you know what you're talking about like dialogue and the relationships there was a there was like a lot of that there was a lot of dialogue in this in this movie that i did not want or expect dialogue Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like it's dialogue that they think is sexy. And by they I mean the writer of the book who actually had a really big hand in the creation of this movie because on IMDb it said uh so E.L. James is the writer of the book series. E.L. James wielded a large amount of creative control over everything from casting to wardrobe to the final script. Unusual for any novelist, let alone one whose only published work was a single series of books. This led to no end of disputes between her and Sam Taylor Johnson, who directed the movie. While Taylor Johnson wanted to make a more streamlined adaptation, E.L. James was very protective of her book and vetoed even the most minor deviations from it. And since James was the one with final say on all creative decisions, Taylor Johnson often found herself forced to go along. So if Ooh. anyone is to blame for the dialogue, it would be E.L. James, not only for, you know, probably lifting it straight from the book, but also just having that much creative control over the movie. You know what? Usually I am a person to be like, uh, I'm one of those those pretentious people that are that are pretty sort of like stickler for for the books. Usually when there's a, a book to movie adaptation, I'm like, this wasn't like the books. <laughs> and I feel like what some movies just are 
you know, one of the reasons why they do so well or why they're like so much better is because they stick closer to the books. The Harry Potter series is a great example of that. You know, J.K. Rowling, you know, now is not super well liked, shall we say. But mm-hmm. while she was working on the Harry Potter book, she was also had a, a quite a big hand in the movies. And I think that's one of the reasons why the movies did so well is because they stuck so closely to the books. And of course, she had the ideas of like, I know exactly what's going to happen in book six. So you have to put this in movie two because it, it's going to relate, whatever. I feel like in this case, they did not need to follow every little plot line in the books because who because who cares? And to be fair, I did not read the books because I had no interest in reading the books. <laughs> but like, I did not need to know about his like mom's side job or his backstory with his friends. Like, I don't care. Yeah, and a lot of things could have been cut from the movie that maybe were, you know, better in the book. But in the movie, a lot of things were so unnecessary that that time could have been better used developing the relationship and making the characters likable and relatable. And they didn't do that. And I think we'll talk about that more at the end after we go through our breakdown. But part of the whole unsexiness factor was that they didn't really have any chemistry. They didn't have any communication between them. The sex scenes were also not that sexy to make up for the entire plot of the movie. Totally agreed. Okay, there's so much I want to say right now, but we have so much to get into in this movie. I feel like we should just get into our breakdown talk about this movie scene by scene we're going to break it down if you haven't seen it we're going to go over the 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 plot points everything that happens so there will be spoilers for this movie if you care about that although i feel like everyone has already seen this movie except for us although now we have (laughs) so we can check that off our list can i just say before we get into the actual sort of plot of the movie I feel like everyone sort of knows this. There's this contract in this movie where in order to have a relationship, the dude wants the girl to sign this contract to be like, these are all the things I can control about your life. And one of those is you cannot drink alcohol. And I was like, what? (laughs) He wants to control that she cannot drink alcohol. And I strongly disagree with that point. So to rectify that situation, (laughs) um, we have a little bit of a drinking game for you listeners that you can drink as much alcohol as you want to drink along to this movie because we have a specialty drink and a couple points to a game that kind of come up a lot in this movie to get you hammered. So that you can get through this movie, because I feel like this probably would have been a lot more fun if I had not been sober. (laughs) Yeah, and another point on the contract is that he gets to control what she eats. And if that was part of any contract, I would have been like, bitch, bye. Because if Taco Bell is not on that list, (laughs) forget about it. So why don't you get some Taco Bell, Uber Eats, your favorite food, and make this drink. Because the movie ain't so good, but this drink might get you through it. Um, So the drink that we have today is the Red Room. And the Red Room in this movie, uh, you might have known by a different name. It's also called the Playroom. But the drink name is the Red Room. And I'm getting this recipe from pastemagazine.com. Um, and they have a list of like five cocktails inspired by Fifty Shades Grey. And this is one of them. And what you're going to need are four ounces of tea and honey strawberry acai tea, one ounce of Tantillo jalapeno tequila, 
Alpenive, Prosecco, Mint, and Strawberries. And all of the recipes on this on this list have aphrodisiacs in the recipe. And the aphrodisiacs in those ingredients are the mint and the strawberries. Who knew? So what you got to do is muddle the mint and strawberries in a shaker. Add the Lipton tea and honey iced tea, tequila, and ice in a shaker. Strain into a glass and top with Altenive Prosecco and serve. And if you're going to make that or whether you're going to have anything, you can order in. Honestly, we're not going to control your life like the absolute (laughs) psycho that is the main male lead in this movie. You can take a a drink every time these specific things happen in the movie. Amy and I have a couple points each. We're going to go back and forth. I think we're going to start with a fairly easy one. I'm sure that we both have this on our lists every time there's a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Number one. This one you might not expect. Every time someone goes into an elevator. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I have every time Anna, the main lead girl, bites her lip. Oh, that's a good one. I have every time she cries. <laughs> which is a lot. Which <laughs> says a lot about the relationship in this movie. Every time Christian startles Anna. Okay. He is, again, this is based on Twilight. He is very vampiric. He just appears <laughs> places. Uh, my last one is every time Anna clears her throat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. My last one is every time Christian buys Anna a gift. Okay. Nice. You are going to get wasted, though. So maybe pick a, a few of those. I don't know if doing all of them is going to kill you or not. So, <laughs> you know what? I would say do all of them because okay. I, you don't, you, how, what are you going to, this movie is not fun without, this movie will not be fun if you don't do at least a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I thought this movie was kind of fun in like the first half hour because it was so bad that it was kind of funny, like, twilight or or movies like that where it's just kind of awkward funny but then when they get into the contract stuff and the sex actual sex stuff then i just got like angry at their relationship (laughs) yeah dude oh my god agreed so this is your last chance to leave for spoilers if you want to watch this movie and figure out what happens to yourself whoa to yourself maybe (laughs) Who knows? I don't know what you're up to watching this movie um, for yourself. <laughs> In the meantime, we're going to get into it, break down this movie scene by scene, starting now. So, our big male, well, maybe more ways than one, we don't know, there's no full frontal, so we will never find out. <laughs> our male lead, Christian Grey, is this big CEO of generic corporate company. <laughs> And our female lead, Anastasia Steele, which, oh my god, is the most Wattpad name I have ever heard in my life, (laughs) is an English lit student who needs to go interview him because her journalism friend doesn't want to do it, I guess. So she needs to fill in for her. And of course, he's this like super suave, attractive, confident guy, and she's... You know, shy, nerdy, clumsy. So obviously she has a huge thing for him immediately. Oh, yeah. And she's also a virgin, which we learn later on. Cool. Um, so, so she's going to his office, which his company is named after him. It's called Gray. And everything is in that color palette. Everything is gray. His assistants all dress in shades of gray. 50. 
shit. <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> to be exact. And this is one of the scenes that is just so awkward that it was kind of funny. Because as Christian's or one of Christian's assistants is leading Anna into his office so she can interview him, Anna just goes, walks right through the open doorway and trips over nothing, which is so, again, just the most Wattpad thing I've ever read. Um, oh my god, I'm so clumsy. I'm so clumsy, Christian Grey. And he's just kind of looking at her like, wow, I'm so into that. Like, <laughs> She's the one. I know. I was watching the first, like, oh, this is very, like, the first couple scenes of this movie. You know, it starts off, she's, like, talking to her roommate about having to go fill into her. And I was like, wow, you know what? Like, I'm into the acting so far. Like, they're very realistic in the way that they're, like, talking. The lines aren't too bad. I like the, the cinematography <laughs> so far. And then she just, like, trips over nothing and falls uh, into this dude's office. And I'm like, well, okay, it's time to take back everything I just said that was good about this movie. <laughs> so then she's interviewing Christian Grey with this list of questions that her roommate, like, printed out for her. And by the way, during this whole scene, they get through maybe two or three questions out of what I imagine is much more than that. So she's just like talking about nothing and not really asking questions. And he's like not really answering the questions. And eventually he's like, do you have any like actual questions oh for me? And Anna's like, you gay? <laughs> Christian, Christian gay? <laughs> she looked over Christian the whole Greg, list. more like Christian gay. <laughs> she looked over the whole list of questions and she's like, what is the most hard hitting question that my journalist roommate would want answered for sure? Okay. Okay. Are you gay? And it's, he's just like, um, no, like, and she's like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. And it's like. It's so awkward. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the word. You know what? I got to give it to Dakota Johnson. She does a good job of playing shy, awkward girl. Cause this was a very awkward scene and movie to watch. Yeah. Dakota Johnson out of the two leads. I think she did a fantastic job with what she was given. So much better. Agreed. And Jamie Dornan, the way that he says things like, I, I don't know why, I think he's English or Irish or something. Maybe it's the fact that he has to put on an American accent. But when he speaks, it sounds so bored a lot of the time. And the things that he says that are supposed to be like flirty or sexy or anything like that, he just sounds bored. He sounds bored, but also he's so intense while he's saying like this dude does not crack a smile like once during this movie like he sounds so bored to be saying everything but also he's staring like into your soul like santa claus can tell if you're naughty or nice uh, <laughs> and he know he knows about her mm -hmm. so they get through this awkward ass interview where he doesn't even answer any of the questions and they're supposed to have this oh my god they're looking at each other like so into each other and everything but it's just awkward and so she goes home later that day and her roommate is like oh thanks for doing the interview he just emailed me all of the answers to the questions you know because she didn't actually ask him any questions in the interview and i'm like why didn't the roommate just email him and be like, hey, I'm sick. I can't come in. But here are the list of questions if you want to email me, because that's what he did anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. She went in with her notepad and her little recorder and got nothing out of that. 
Yeah, she comes home and she hands her roommate a piece of paper and the roommate unfolds it and all it says is, he not gay. Like, <laughs> that's it. The only information she got out of him. Uh, she gets more out of him during the rest of this movie. <laughs> so she has like a huge thing for him immediately and and for what literally whatever reason oh because it's a fanfic and she's supposed <laughs> to be the fill-in for all of us for the for this sad lonely girl We're who wants clumsy clumsy not like other girls you know for some reason he's quite intrigued by her as well and he keeps finding ways to bump into her afterwards like he takes her out to coffee at one point he shows up at her work some he finds out where she works and shows up and she works at a hardware store and he just like buys a bunch of stuff but the stuff that he he's like show me where your rope is and she's like okay for you doing like a work project or something and he's like "Mm, show you where your duct tape is (laughs) she's like hmm Okay, interesting combination there. He's like, oh, now I need cable ties. I just, and she, like, this is the most, like, he's a serial killer, right? He's, he's gonna murder her. Yeah, literally everything he does without the context of him being a dominant in, like, the BDSM <laughs> scene, which he doesn't know at this point. Literally everything he does before revealing this and even after revealing it is so serial killer-esque. Like, he just shows up where she works. She's like, oh, I work at a hardware store. She doesn't say the name of the hardware store. She doesn't say, like, where in town it is. And he shows, he finds it. And he shows up there. And then he's buying all these things and, and she's like, oh, so you're like... A serial killer and he's like not today and he's like trying to say it flirty like but again he sounds so like intense and bored that it's like oh so you're a killer so just say, like just say you're a killer just say yeah i kill people like just just tell me up front like if i'm gonna die during the course of this movie just like let me know is all i'm asking like you said, she asked him, like, hey, are you renovating? He's like, no. And he doesn't say, he doesn't follow it up, like, no, this is for my sexy time stuff. She just says no, and she's like, okay. <laughs> this guy is so, he avoids, like, every question that is asked of him. When she's doing her little interview at the beginning, she's like, oh, so you're like this big CEO businessman. Like, what do you like to do for fun? And he's like, I enjoy various physical pursuits. <laughs> Like what? I'm, what is that? Murdering people? Is yeah, yeah, like, I like basketball. Like that's yeah. so vague. Oh my god! The, literally, when we say the only question she knows for sure answered is is he gay? Like that's literally the only thing she knows about him. <laughs> that is the only um, thing he said for sure is yeah. no, I am not gay. <laughs> At the hardware store, she's like, okay, so you have all your serial killer items. Um, do you need anything else? And he says. What would you recommend? And it's like, bitch, this is a hardware store. Like, there is no recommend. <laughs> you know, you, like, buy what you need, and then you go. Like, what's, what, what is there to recommend? Mm, looking at the rest of your supplies, probably, like, a knife, a crowbar, yeah. something that a would saw. go along with this whole murder theme. Yeah, a saw. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what would you recommend? Oh, um, two-by-fours are pretty hot these days. Like, yeah. what? Like, I... <laughs> So then he, like, leaves, and as he's leaving, they're kind of talking about the interview, and he's like, oh, is your roommate happy with, like, all the answers that I gave? And Anna's like, yeah, she just can't find a picture of you for some reason. Just, like, they're not on the internet, I guess. And he's like, 
well, why don't I just have like a little photo shoot for her article? And and was like, yeah, sure. So the next thing they're having a photo shoot and it's not really important. And then like Ashley said before, they go to a coffee shop after. And this is where I start getting confused. I was already a little confused before, but now this is where I start getting confused about his whole deal, like his motivations and and things like that, because they're having some small talk at this coffee shop. And he just kind of casually asks her like, hey, are you a romantic? Because she reads like all these romantic books for English class or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I consider myself a romantic. And then he just runs away. This bitch is so dramatic the entire time. He decides to be like a like a drama queen halfway through and just cuts off this date to be like, oh my god, he does the like mm, Twilight Eclipse stuff where he's like, <laughs> I'm not the guy you think I am. You should oh my- you should steer clear. You should stay away from me. Like my guy, it's been 20 minutes. You've had one interaction with her. Dude, you do not have the the chemistry to make this line work. Yeah, it didn't work in Twilight. It's not going to work here. Yeah, y'all are strangers. It doesn't really matter. So when he runs out of the coffee shop, doesn't even finish his fucking coffee or whatever. So she goes home, and then, like, the next day or something, she gets these expensive gifts from him that are, like, first editions of her favorite books that she was telling him about. And I'm like, one plus one equals two, right? Like, what? I He says, like, oh, I don't do, like, the whole romantic thing. I, I'm not into romance. And then he gives her, like, her favorite books, special editions. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, I don't get it. I don't get it. Lots of mixed signals going on here. Which, like, she seems to be very confused, too. Because, you know, like, she's hurt at this point. She she had a thing for him. And he's like, no, we can't be together, my (laughs) love, or whatever. So (laughs) he goes off to Bruv and is fucking bat cave or whatever and she's hurt obviously because she was into him so she decides fuck it i'm gonna go out have a nice night party with my friends she goes to a bar and she gets mad drunk and one of her guy friends who has sort of been hinting at this point that he is really into her he tries to kiss her but she's not into it she sees this dude as like a friend a brother she's really not into it um but he keeps sort of pushing on and then christian shows up at this bar somehow (laughs) how does he know does he put a tracker on her how does he know exactly where she is at every point in this movie he finds the bar that she's at and comes to the rescue to save her hey remember that scene where edward saved bella from those rapists we know exactly what point in the fanfic we're at now oh my god yeah before her friend comes on to her she is like waiting in line for the bathroom at the bar and she just drunkenly calls him and she doesn't say what bar she's at she doesn't even say like where she is and also like she has a flip phone (laughs) this whole movie so like it's not like some high-tech find my phone type gadgetry going on she literally has a flip phone can you do that i don't know can he find her phone i don't know so the whole time again he's got those stalker vibes he's got those serial color vibes and then he's so dramatic like (laughs) the friend is being like anna i you know i've been trying to say this for a long time but i'm really into you and he's trying to kiss her and anna's like no thanks that's that's fine you keep that to yourself and christian (laughs) runs in pushes the guy to like the ground or something and he's like she said no and i'm like can you calm down you can just like 
casually pull him away. You don't have to make a scene in the bar and, like, you know, draw attention to all of y'all. Like, you could have handled this a little better. This guy keeps doing the most unnecessary things this whole movie. Because then, of course, she's, like, super drunk at this point. So he takes her back to his place. Not like not like that. Not yet. And, you know, she's, you know, she's in her, like party bar clothes or whatever so then um he takes her back to his place she falls asleep she like passes out on the bed and then she wakes up the next day and she's in different clothes and she's like "Mm, did you hey what's how did i why why am i in uh different like why am i in pajamas right now did you undress me and he's like i had no choice and it's like (laughs) well i feel like you did though yeah and then we see his fancy-ass hotel room, because, again, he's, like, the CEO of this company. And she's like, did you sleep, like, in the bed beside me? And he's like, yeah, I did. And then while he's saying this, he's sitting on, like, the most soft, plush-looking couch in his hotel room. Like, right in the, in the literally the same room. And also, at this point, she vomited last night, and he had to get her new clothes because there was vomit all over and you would think that she still kind of smells like vomit a little bit and he was like mm, should i sleep in this comfy couch or should i sleep beside the vomit encrusted girl that i dragged into my hotel room for some reason <laughs> like and he made the right choice vomit girl and by the way speaking of that the dialogue in this movie um when she wakes up she's like did we and he's like, he says no. And then he's like, necrophilia is not my thing. <laughs> that's not what it means. That's that, not that. That's, that's not, not it. that, though. <laughs> that's literally not that. Oh, my God. So th- they're in his, like, hotel room kind of bantering back and forth. And they kind of have this, like, will they, won't they kind of flirty in quotation marks vibe going on for a bit. He, like, takes his shirt off to eat a piece of toast for an unknown reason. Yeah, he made toast for her and then (laughs) ate it in front of her, shirtless. Picture me this. She's in the bed eating a piece of toast, and he has no shirt on, and he crawls up the bed and doesn't grab the toast with his hand. He takes up, he leans his head over and takes a bite of her toast. I feel like that was supposed to be sexy. But to me, I'm like, she was going to eat that. That looked like some good toast. Also, it's super cringe. And they're like strangers still. Like they've known each other 24 hours or something. And he has another line that's like stalker alert um, where she's like, why am I here, Christian? Which is what I was wondering, too. And he's like, you're here because I'm incapable of leaving you alone. Disgusting. Don't say that. And then she's like super into it because she's like, then don't. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? Or do, though. <laughs> or do. <laughs> but don't worry, because if you think he's going to creep on her, he says, I'm not going to touch you until I have your written consent. Except two seconds later, while they're leaving in the elevator in the hotel room, he's like, actually, fuck that. kisses <laughs> her. So th- oh, this guy is so extra. He kisses her once. And then the next day, 
he sends a fucking helicopter to his like hilltop San Fran mansion so they can talk about this sex contract um, that he wants to write up for her, which I still don't really get like the point of maybe that's just me. If you were me and you were like, hmm, sorry, come again. They're wet. They're wet. They're sex contract. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, OK, here's the thing. He wants her to sign a contract for when they for when they boink for some reason. I guess he's into some like kinky ass shit. He's real into that. Real into that SNL scene. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hang on. He's <laughs> really He's really into the SNL scene. <laughs> He's really into He loves that stand-up. He loves sketch comedy. <laughs> He's like, Anna, oh my god, I'm so, I'm just like, you wouldn't understand. I'm into some underground shit. And he pulls up his laptop and it's the cowbell <laughs> skit. He's like, you won't even believe this, but I like Adam Sandler stuff. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, those were the best days. Nobody says it, but they were. Um, <laughs> He's into the S&M scene, is what I <laughs> meant to say. But I feel like being into the SNL scene would have probably been a funnier <laughs> He's like, you won't get me. I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and she's like, what? Is it? Is it that you're into kinky stuff? He's like, no, worse. I'm into sketch comedy. And... <laughs> I love SNL. And this whole time, the only reason I've been trying to be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever I am, is because I want them to ask me to host. And they never do. And <laughs> that's his arc. This whole movie, he's just been trying to get on SNL the whole time, but they <laughs> won't let him because he's so boring and intense and would have a terrible monologue. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he, keeps, he takes her into his playroom and it's just like a stage where he puts on one man plays, which is just him with his terrible monologues. He comes in and he's like, it's I'm um, I'm 50 shades of fucked up. And Anna's like, this play is fucked up. Yeah. See why they turned he, you down on SNL. He opens like a little treasure chest and it's you think it's full of like bondage equipment and it's full of props. He's like puts on a wig and stuff. <laughs> He's like, now I'm going to do character bits. Now I'm going to do impressions. I'm going to do uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of cowbell. <laughs> yeah. More cowbell. She's like, this sucks. He's like, this is why I, I never let anyone into my life. <laughs> Nobody understands me. <laughs> yeah, SM is what I'm I meant to say, like BDSM kind of vibe is what he's into. And he, he has this playroom, quote unquote, or red room or whatever, <laughs> which is where he keeps all his toys, his little play things, and he shows her around and she's like, Ooh, um yeah, I don't know about that. Before the scene um, oh, this is also the scene where the iconic line comes up. He's like, my playroom. And he he's showing it to her. And she's like, like your Xbox and stuff? I get <laughs> iconic. But before this scene, before he shows her the playroom, at no point in the movie did he like ask her like, hey, so 
are you like into BDSM or anything? He just like shows her a room. Fl- he doesn't explain either. He's like, he, he's not like, oh, this is for my sex stuff. He just shows her a room full of whips and handcuffs and like a shelf of what looks like giant Harry Potter wands. He's like, this is my BDSM side. And this is when I went to Universal Studios and I got all these Harry Potter. <laughs> Um, and at no point does he explain anything, so she's just like, what the heck? There's, like, you know, whips and riding crops and stuff. I, it would be so much better if she just, like, didn't get what was going on, didn't get the memo. She's like, oh, you're, you a thespian? Are you, like, are you a horse boy? (laughs) Where's your stables? It's weird that this is, like, on the eighth floor, so far away from your stables. (laughs) So he's showing her all of this stuff that that he has. And he's I don't know if he's trying to explain what it's for, because he doesn't really do that. Um, She's she's asking him about this and she's like, OK, so you do you do this to other people or do other people do this kind of stuff to you? And he's like, I do this to other people. And she's like, OK, and you get something out of it. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, OK, if I did this, what would I get out of it? And he's like me. And I'm like, that's not a good okay. deal. That was pretty bad to me. I thought he was going to be like, oh, like, you'd enjoy it, too. No, he's like, oh, you get me out of it. Yeah. Are you that much of a catch, sir? Um, she apparently thinks so. He shows her the room, doesn't really explain anything. And he also, again, this man is so intense. They didn't really know each other for more than a week at this point, I don't think. And he's like, so part of my sex contract that you have to sign for some reason is that you have to stay at my place and basically move in from Friday to Sunday. And she's like, why? And he's like, I don't really know, but you have to do that. And she's like, "Okay, can we sleep in the same bed? And he's like, no. And she's like, can we go on dates? And he's like, no. And she's like, I don't really know if I want to do that because it sounds pretty bad to me. And he's like, keep an open mind, Anna. Keep <laughs> God, you don't understand me. So, yeah, and he also wants her to sign this NDA because he's like, can't leak this to the public or something. Again, like two seconds later, he's like, actually, you don't have to do that. And he, they have sex and he rips through her virginity. Yeah, because here's the thing. She's never had sex before. And oh, my God. Again, we can't. Oh, we keep talking about the dialogue of this movie, but that's because it's so there's so much. There's so much to cover. There's so much to say. Because when he finds out that she's um olive oil. Olive oil, a.k.a. extra virgin. <laughs> but he has this line where when he finds out, he's like, well, we got to go rectify the situation. And he takes, he takes her to the bedroom to go take her virginity. Also, like, speaking of the dialogue... Oh, there's also this line, cringe, cringe alert. What, hey, welcome to Cringe Fest 2021. <laughs> Here are the top 10 cringes of the year. This is number one. She says, are you going to make love to me now? That's not the cringe part. Don't worry. Because he says, I don't make love. I fuck hard. <laughs> I, like, just... We don't have to go on thesaurus.com to try to yes. figure out the exact wording for what you're up to. I'm like, dude, I don't I make love. Fuck. I have coitus. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Cringe Fest 2021. We have actually made an amendment to number one cringe. 
And it was actually that, so thank you. Um, <laughs> Glad I could contribute. Yeah. So the next morning, they wake up and they're like, what are we going to do now? And Christian's like, I know exactly what we're going to do now. But they're cut off because his mom comes over. (laughs) Bad timing. His mom comes over and she's like super surprised and kind of pleased to see him with Anna. Because apparently, even though Christian sleeps around a lot, he's never had them like stay over or meet his mom before. So his mom is like you know, really happy that he's got like a proper sort of girlfriend now. And he invites her over and she invites her over to uh, a dinner later on with the whole Gray family. Mm-hmm. And I just gotta mention one point that contributes so much to his creep factor. Oh, he, no. when his mom comes in, he's not like, hey, mom, what's going on? Hey, mom, how are you doing? He's like, mother. Ugh. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, serial killer vibe alert again. Any person that calls their mom mother in the way that he does automatic creep. I call my dad father, but in like a in like a jokey way, and not in a serious yeah. like hello father. More in like yeah. a, <laughs> you know. Oh my god. Also talking about serial killer vibes. And it's like, mm, I have like work now. I should probably go home. And he's like, okay, cool. So he is like driving her home. And then he decides, like, for what reason? He decides to stop in the middle of the woods <laughs> to take her on a walk. That is strike two for serial killer watch in this movie. <laughs> She's like, I know what you are. He's like, say it. She's like, Kinky. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, say it. She's like, serial killer. He's like, what? <laughs> How did you figure it out? But <laughs> he takes her to the middle of the woods. She's like, I'm about to get killed. And he he tells her his whole backstory, which doesn't really get addressed in the movie. He just says it. And then they kind of move on. And I'm like, hang on. Hold, hold up a sec. What the fuck? Anyway, his backstory is that one of his mom's friends, without his mom knowing, one of his mom's friends, like, seduced him at age 15 and, like, took advantage of him and made him her sex slave for six years while he was 15 to 21. Um, very bad. Soup's creepy. Someone called... Someone called Arnold Schwarzenegger, because there's a lot of predators in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, and then he just, like, says it, and Anna's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I still talk to her, and, you know, we're we're friends. And then they just, like, move on, and I'm like, hold on a second. There's a lot to unpack here. Gotta get my my notebook out, gotta get the box of tissues out, because we gotta go to therapy, my guy. Like, what's what's going on here? Yeah, they, uh, which, first of all, so much... Like, way too much of this movie is just, like, talking and backstory, and I do not care. But, man, we they just really glossed over that part, huh? Yeah. And then later on in the movie, he reveals, like, part two of his backstory, and same deal. It's glossed over, and, and we'll say it now, because it's not really in an, an important scene that he says the next part of his backstory. He literally tells her while she's sleeping at some point, so he doesn't even hear this part. But he was like... The mom that Anna met that, you know, walked in on them boinking, that's actually his adopted mom. 
he was adopted when he was like four or six or like super young because his real mom was like a crack addict and a prostitute. And he's like, anyway, and I'm like, the what? Anyway, sir. And then later Anna's like, hey, why are you like that? And he's like, I had a rough start in life. That's all you need to know. And I'm like, nah, I think I need to know a little more than that, actually. Yeah, Um, you were asking kind of a lot of this poor girl, and you were giving her nada in return. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So that was their time in the woods. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was... She didn't get murdered, which is, you know, always cool. (laughs) But he also, like... I don't know. It's, like, really weird and manipulative that the way they, like, set this whole thing up. Because he, like, mm, spews his sad backstory to her. And it feels like he kind of, like, uses his sob story to be like, "Mm, please sign my contract. Because in the next scene, he's like, "Mm, have you thought about the contract yet? And she's like, okay. So she looks up images of the kind of stuff he wants her to do. And she's way not, like, way not into it. So she's like, (laughs) bye. He's like, "Um, have you thought about the contract yet? And she's like, "Mm, yeah, I thought about it. Um, We're done. Nice knowing you. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, nice knowing you. She sent him that in an email. And of course, he just shows up at her door, except not even at her door, like her bedroom door, because he's already in the house. Killer alert. Are you, this is strike three. This is we've been watching this movie for like half an hour and we're already strike three, my guy. You are out in terms of the serial killer vibes in this movie. He broke into her house to boink her. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, I again, I don't get the contract because in the first half of the movie, whenever he brings up the contract, two seconds later, he's like, mm, never mind, actually, because I want to have sex <laughs> with you right now. And then in the second half of the movie, literally every five seconds, he's like, have you thought about the contract? What about the contract? Are you going to sign the contract? And she's so badgered into it and so worn down by his asking that she's eventually like, yeah, I guess so, so you'll shut the fuck up. Which isn't, like, mm, the best answer for, like, a sex bondage contract that you want. Like, it's not that enthusiastic. Which also, like, they do kind of a lot of this stuff. Like, they do a lot of stuff without her having signed the contract like what was the point of this contract if he's just gonna be like "Mm, actually we'll just do all this stuff anyway literally and then there's this whole like pointless scene where she goes to his literally his fucking work office building where he conducts his (laughs) business so that they can negotiate their sex contract and it's this room that is the lights are off um in this building in in this room um, where they're negotiating the sex contract in, during work hours. And the lights are off and there's this weird, like, red glow. Zero killer vibes. It's so weird. Imagine you're, like, Elon Musk's intern. And you're trying to design the next spaceship for him to go to the moon or something. But, like, in the next room, all you can hear is him talking about his kinks and things. <laughs> like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I... Oh, my God. I... Honestly, good for her, though, for she was like she called him up. She's like, "Okay, fine. You want to talk about this contract? We'll talk about the contract. She goes in in her little business suit. Like, good for her for trying to negotiate this contract, because the contract we've talked about it a little, but it's ridiculous. Oh, dude, sorry. Is there a bog art in the room? Someone say ridiculous. (laughs) Because what is up with this? Again, he wants to control her 
exercise diet, her daily routine. Did, did we mention diets? I he, like, She is already so thin in this movie. And he's like, you have to eat specific foods from a specific list that I am going to prepare. I'm sorry, what? My guy? I'm sorry, backup Scoosy? Yeah, um, is KFC on that list? Are your fucking little household chefs going to prepare it for me? Otherwise, bye. I'm done. Not signing the contract. Yeah, and then they're negotiating also the kinky stuff also. And she's like, okay, cross this off, cross this off. She's like, what are butt plugs? (laughs) And, okay, she doesn't know what butt plugs are, but she knows what genital clamps are. (laughs) Good point. Which I feel like both of those, like, they're just kind of in the name. Yeah, and I feel like of the two, butt plugs are more common, well-known, I, you know, mainstream. (laughs) (laughs) Mainstream for my mainstream toys. (laughs) Yeah, oh, just Sorry, that was too basic for me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm into that that dark web shit. (laughs) So while they're having their little negotiation, and she's telling him what to cross off and whatever... This fucking Sherlock-ass bitch is straight up deducing her. He's like, I can tell. I can tell that you're horny. (laughs) By the way you're pressing your legs together and the way you're breathing. Like, okay. Okay, Okay, Sherlock. um, Oh, oh. While they're negotiating their contract, she's like, cross this off, whatever. And he's like, oh, my God, can't believe you're actually doing this. So I'm going to throw in a little bonus is we can go on a normal person date once a week. So I don't have to, like, literally, like, kidnap you like a like a serial killer to take you somewhere, which which he is and which he has been doing the whole time. Um, But he's like, yeah, we can go on like a date once a week. Wonderful. Then once their contract is, like, fully negotiated, she hasn't signed it yet, to be fair, because he's got to, like, make all those changes and reprint a new one. There's a lot of corporate stuff, like boring corporate contract business stuff in this movie for some reason. So finally, after, like, mm, an hour and a half of, like, backstories and negotiations, he takes her into his red room uh, play room and he's like we're actually gonna get to do some shit here finally now this is such a good scene specifically only because of that one my brother my brother and me episode (laughs) where they talk about 50 shades of gray (laughs) because i did not notice this watching the movie well, I mean, I only noticed it because of uh, my bim bam. But picture me this. He's got this room, right? It's red. <laughs> it's like velvet. There's a bed. There's some just kind of, you know, whips and chains and the whole shebang, like up on the wall. You can pick whatever, pick your poison. And he's like, OK, here's the plan. You're going to strip down. Wait for me to come back. All good. She's like, OK, she gets ready. He goes away. He comes back. He's changed out of his business suit. And into jeans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll post a link to that bit on our Twitter. It's so good. But yeah, I would not have made the observation otherwise. He And then he never takes the jeans off, which they also nope. mentioned in the bit. And also during this scene where they're finally, you know, going into the Red Room, she still hasn't signed the contract. So again, yeah. what was the purpose of the contract? Yeah, so they they do their their sexy stuff. He takes her underwear off and sniffs it. 
Mm, so sexy. <laughs> so glad we saw that. <laughs> the next scene, she like graduates um, from being an English major. And he's there at her graduation because he has to give a speech. Blah, blah, blah. They come home. They're going to celebrate. And then again, like the whole time during this movie, whenever they get into like the actual BDSM stuff, she's super uncomfortable with yeah. it. And when they get back to celebrating, he's like, don't roll your eyes at me. And she's like, okay, why? And he's like, because I'm going to punish you. She's like, okay, um, okay. And so she rolls her eyes, obviously, because that ridiculous again. And again, she hasn't signed the contract or anything. So I don't know why he's holding her to this. But he like spanks her for rolling her eyes. And she's like mad not with it. She's like, oh, don't like this. And also in that same scene, he sells her car without her permission. Yeah, not cool, dude. Like, he gets yeah. her a nice red car or whatever. But, like, she was talking about how much she loved her car in, like, a previous scene. And he's like, got you a better one, babe. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> and also, he, like, treats it like a gift. But if it was a gift, she would have two cars. She would have her car and then the gift car. Um, except she doesn't have her car because he sold it and didn't give her the money. So he took her car and gave her a different car, which is not a gift so much as a swap. <laughs> hey, I just swapped your car. For what reason? None. And th- she's like, okay. And also, you spanked me. So that's, in this scene alone, minus two for him. That's yeah. two extra strikes for him. I don't know what goes through this man's head. I cannot fathom how this guy is like a bajillionaire. This guy is is Jeffrey Bezos. And he decides, <laughs> oh my God, you know what's a cute gift I could get for my girlfriend? I'm going to get her a car. But also I'm going to sell her old car and keep the money, even though I'm a bajillionaire and she works at a hardware store. Like, Yeah, literally this man has no common sense. And also, if that if you're like, ooh, that's pretty bad, well, gear up. Because in the next scene, they go to that dinner that his mom invited them to with, like, his whole family and everything. And by the way, his brother is dating Anna's roommate now for no reason. And there's no, like, storyline with them. It's, it's just happening. So over dinner, the mom is kind of like, oh, Anna, where are you from? And, like, wh- where's your family from? And she's like, oh, my mom lives in Georgia, and I'm actually going to go and visit her this weekend. And Christian is like, how are you going to go to Georgia without telling me? How are you going to go there without telling me? The man who made this contract for you that you didn't sign yet, who is also not your boyfriend because I refuse to be. (laughs) Specifically, the line that he says is, when were you going to tell me about this? I own you. Cool. Cool. He's like, you're all mine. And I'm like, chill. She's going to see her mom. And also, like, the contract says that she can do whatever she wants Monday to Thursday. And by the way, she hasn't signed the contract yet. But <laughs> if she had, it would still say she could do whatever she wants Monday to Thursday because they're not doing their little playtime then. So and then he gets so, like, upset that she's going to see her mom that she doesn't <laughs> see very much. 
literally, he's like, oh, we can have a nice family dinner with my family. But if you want to see your family, uh, that's out of the question. Yeah. And then she does go and see her mom. And he's like, you didn't invite me. So she he shows up. He shows up out of nowhere. Like a um, stalker. You know, like, like a, a stalker. stalker. She literally just says, yeah, my mom lives in the state of Georgia. Doesn't say, you know, an address or anything. He finds her in literally the exact restaurant that she's in having brunch with her mom. I feel like he put like a tracker in her little flip phone. He, he There's got to be something <laughs> that he's been doing. It, this is impossible. This guy must have a whole spy agency working for him. You By know the what? Way, they never say what the company is for. It could be oh. a spy agency. I did read this article, and I'll post it on our Twitter later, that was, like, kind of theorizing exactly that. Like, that's how he tracks her, and it was made a lot of sense. By the way, he bought her a new car that she didn't want, but he bought her one. He bought her a new laptop, again, that she didn't want. He never buys her, like, a fucking iPhone. He's like, yeah, you can keep that (laughs) shitty little flip phone the whole time. Oh, my God. What if he bought her the new car so he could track her whereabouts? <gasps> oh, my God. Stop it. He knows exactly laptop. where she parts. And the laptop. Oh, my God. She likes searching up restaurant locations, uh, stuff. He knows exactly what she searched up. Oh, my God. We've oh, cracked the code. Literal stalker. <laughs> um, I thought this whole time that she was in Georgia visiting her mom and, like, her stepdad or whatever, who have a really good relationship. Her mom and her stepdad, they're like, playful and they're like flirty and like you know they have a good relationship and i thought she was gonna realize like that's what a relationship should be or like her mom Mm. would say like yeah you don't actually seem that happy with your boyfriend not boyfriend christian gray i thought she would realize like oh wait this thing with christian is like pretty toxic but it doesn't it literally doesn't change anything yeah, it changes literally nothing. She decides right after that she's going to go back to Christian. Uh, we also got this weird scene because, you know, Christian followed her to the state <laughs> of Georgia. Cool. Love when the significant other does that. We also get this weird scene because they have to have some reason to go back to the playroom, which is what happens next. So he gets a phone call from who? Uh, we don't know. They never say. <laughs> it's never addressed again. We just, that's the reason that he gets stressed out. And he's like, we got to go do some stuff because I'm stressed. You got to help me de-stress. But that phone call, it seemed pretty serious. Like he was, but it was never brought up again. Exactly what is going, was it a company thing? A family thing? We don't know. (laughs) So he takes her back to his playroom and we get what I, and I think many others would say is the worst sex Mm -hmm. scene in this whole movie just because of like how boring and bad and like badly shot it was because this movie well this movie was bad but this scene (laughs) was filmed oh my god this is okay (sighs) any movie doesn't have to be this one any movie ever my biggest pet peeve in any movie ever is when things are Shown in slow motion, like the scene is slow motion, mm-hmm. but it's filmed in regular 24 FPS, <laughs> which is exactly what this scene is. So we've got like these weird, like four frame per second slideshow ass slow mo <laughs> scenes of like her foot curling and him putting on his sex jeans and stuff. <laughs> But then, like, it's literally not sexy at all. And to make it even worse, 
there's like this weird, like, <laughs> slow church music playing over top of the background. And it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I get... I get when some directors are like, oh, we got to put this scene in slow-mo because it's like artsy or whatever. But I've never in my life watched a slow-mo scene that's been filmed in like two frames per second and been like, oh, wow, what an artistic shot. No, it's always like, wow, that looks like shit, actually. That looks really (laughs) bad. You should have filmed this um, in more frames per second or maybe on a specialty slow motion camera because that would have actually maybe looked good for your high budget blockbuster movie. Yeah, they don't do that. They just, you know, do their little slow-mo thing. Also, he is he is back in his sex jeans in this of scene, course. and I did write that down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, just so I don't forget, this is not important at all, but in Georgia, he takes her on a date in just like a fighter jet for no reason. Don't know why that was important either. But yeah, okay, back to this, back to this scene. So they have their little slow-motion sex, and then later that night, he's playing his sad piano music again. And Anna, you know, wakes up and, and comes over to him sitting at the piano on the bench where they had sex before. And she asks him, like, hey, why don't you ever, like, open up to me? And this is where we get his I'm weird. I'm a weirdo speech. But like the sex version of it where he's like, you, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand, like, my urges and like my desires and like all of this. And she's like, okay, then literally, like, talk to me and explain it for me. Like, just, ex- like, communicate with me and talk to me and explain it to me. And he's like, I can't do that because you wouldn't understand. Anyway, he kind of he kind of does. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I need to punish people. And she's like, mm, do you, though? And he's like, yes. And she's like, ooh, kind of a red flag, <laughs> but okay. And he says again, hey, welcome back to Cringe Fest. 2021 we back again uh we got number two or you know another high number up in here he says i'm 50 shades of fucked up (laughs) wow fun damn you know was this i feel like this movie should have been nominated is there a screenwriting oscar because damn that was just profound hey that's almost the name of this movie wow it's deep (laughs) You know E.L. James, when she was rewriting this script or whatever she was doing, she was like, that's the one. And she closed her laptop for the day because she knew she couldn't top it. I think there should be a new Oscar category, which is one single piece of dialogue from the best movie of the year. Yes. One-liners. one-liner. This would have won, obviously. Obviously it would have. So he's talking to her about his sad little life or whatever. (laughs) Um, and he's like, and that's why you have to sign the contract, because, like, I'm just so sad and emo. And she's obviously, like, <laughs> still kind of, she's like, I don't really, like, get what this stupid contract is for. So, like you said, she's like, dude, just give it to me straight, okay? Just tell me, you know what, you've been kind of dancing around this topic for literally this whole movie. Just what is the worst thing, the absolute worst thing you could possibly do to me and do that and then we'll just know what the limit is you know so he takes her back into his little playroom and you want to know what the worst she was like literally the worst the, your deepest darkest desire the absolute epitome the worst thing you could probably do he takes out a whip and he whips her 
And she's like, star, she's like crying. She's like, oh my God, how could you do that to me? Like, I was expecting some sa- satanic ritual shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, he carved some symbols into her body with like a fish yeah. hook or something. Cannibalize yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting, we've been foreshadowing this whole movie that this dude is about to be a murderer. I was expecting some Hannibal shit up in here. We got none of that. Is it so much to ask for a girl to get sacrificed to a god once in a while? It's supposed to be this really big emotional scene because he's like, I'm going to whip you six times. Then he does. And it's like, okay. And she's crying and she's like, I don't like that. And she's like, stay away from me. I was reading this article while I was doing my research. I was reading a couple, actually. So I I think this is the right one. But I was reading this article from The Atlantic, which I'll post on our Twitter later, uh, which was kind of talking about the scene and also the movie as a whole. But they were talking about the scene in particular. And they kind of pointed out that they were both like in the wrong in uh, this scene. Because Christian Grey has seen Anna be uncomfortable with literally every act of BDSM that they have done thus far. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'll just do the ultimate to her. I guess I'll just do the pro BDSM stuff to her, I guess, or whatever. But also, she has her safe words and she didn't use them. True. I don't know, maybe she was too stunned or too shocked to... To use them? I don't really know. This whole scene was was kind of... They both were not communicating. Like, the whole movie, they just don't communicate. And so I just, like, don't care about them. <laughs> oh my god, agreed. Because afterwards, Anna's like, I can't believe you did that to me, even though I literally specifically asked you to do that to me. So the movie ends... With her shutting him down, leaving him, breaking up with him, not signing the contract. Which, like, okay. And then it randomly ends on, like, a montage of their, quote-unquote, best times together. (laughs) Oh, my God. Remember when you took off my clothes and put me into some pajamas that was, like, really not consensual because I was passed out? Oh, my God. So fun. Yeah. And then they, they have an elevator clothes and that's it and again this is why i feel like this is gonna be the kissing booth all over again where it's just gonna be the same thing next time where he's gonna stalk her again until she's so battered down by his persistence that she's like okay i guess i'll do whatever to make you shut the f up but there were some alternate endings that we didn't get yeah so Sam Taylor Johnson, who directed this movie, wanted the film to end with Anna stopping Christian from following her into the elevator by saying their safe word, which is red. But then E.L. James was like, nah, that's not happening. So that didn't happen. And so they have these safe words that they just don't use the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're so right. You know what? They do this thing. And I feel like movies try to do this a lot, especially bad movies, is they try to use callbacks as like, look at us, we're being good at filmmaking. (laughs) In the beginning, when Anna, you know, is interviewing Christian or whatever, she is leaving on the elevator and then they just like say each other's names. He's like, Anna. And she's like, Christian. And that's how this movie ends. Uh, He's like, Anna. And she's like, Christian. And you're like, okay, well, that was awkward. Um, I do feel like I think I would have, and liked is a very light term here, but I feel like I would have liked, yeah, preferred them to have used their safe words like at least once. And this probably would have been the time for it. Yeah, because 
why bring the it's like the contract like why bring it up if you're not gonna use it and okay so that's that was one possible ending and then another alternative ending had both anna and christian experience flashbacks so christian is jogging in the rain and anna's sobbing her in her apartment and christian encounters a gift that anna gave him with the note this reminded me of a happy time depressing um their whole relationship is so depressing (laughs) but yeah i i think the saying the safe word thing would have been the best ending do you know what though like it is kind of like a weird and i know this is the first in a trilogy it is kind of a weird way to end it to just be like "Mm, they're not together but here's the thing i like that like i'm kind of like am into that they didn't end up together because he sucked and I did not Mm. want them. Just this whole movie, I was not rooting for them to end up together because he was like manipulative and controlling and kind of like mean. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, girl, you could do so much better. Okay, I get what you're saying. And I would have liked that, I guess, more than I did if this was just like a one-off movie, if this wasn't like a whole Mm, series of movies because... Again, like the kissing booth, this introduces the same conflict for the second movie and the same thing. If they did end up in like a relationship after like this thing happened uh, between them where she's finally like hit her limit, that kind of introduces the potential for him to be like, okay, I did something wrong. I got to change a little. Mm. I did it. I got to get some growth going on here. But now it's just like, oh, he's going to stalk her again. And he's going to try to woo her with these really creepy gestures, serial killer-esque gestures again. And I don't want that. But let's talk about our predictions for Fifty Shades 2. Because neither of us have read the book series, watched the Mm. rest of the series. So we have literally no idea. But let's get some predictions going. Okay. I, just from like word of mouth i know two things about the next two movies should i say do you want to do you want to know yeah let's let's okay so from the next two movies the only two things that i know is that they eventually get married cool and that at some point i think their helicopter crashes (laughs) (laughs) which to me if anyone uh, has seen the kissing booth or has maybe listened oh. to our kissing booth <gasps> episodes. Amy, I think I know where you're <laughs> I think you know oh where I'm going with God. this. Oh my God. And you know what? I have one piece of information that I know. <gasps> I also knew that they got married eventually because I read yeah. it in one of the other articles. But yes, in the kissing booth, if you haven't uh, listened to, I think we mentioned it in all of our kissing booth yeah. episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> if you haven't listened to any of those in the kissing booth, in the original Wattpad story, this was definitely not in the movies. I don't know if it's in the book series, but very doubtful that it is. But in the original Wattpad Kissing Booth series, I don't think in the first one, but eventually there's this scene where the main character, L is in like a, um, a room with a bookshelf or something, and the bookshelf falls on her. She's got to be taken to the hospital immediately. So she doesn't, I guess, die by bookshelf crushing. And while she's at the hospital, the doctor's like, you're okay. And the baby's okay. And she's like, the baby? I didn't know I was pregnant. That scene was like such a fever dream when I read it, (laughs) which is why I remember it all these years later. But 
Now that you said that, I know one more piece of information about this Fifty Shades series, and they do, I think, end up having a child at some point. And if you're going where I think you're going, it's gonna be that they get in the helicopter accident, and she gets rushed to the hospital, and she finds out she's pregnant. You know they gotta put in that Wattpad story <laughs> scene. Oh my god. Yeah, that is uh, one prediction that gotta happen you know like we've already said it you know the next two movies are going to be the same ass plot of them i feel like even after they're married there's going to be some you know third person that they introduce to make someone jealous because they always do that in every romantic trilogy ever probably in the second one i would guess they're going to introduce some other one they're both going to be pining after each other Mm -hmm. um and then they're going to introduce some third love interest maybe it'll be christian's old Dom maybe comes back into the scene. That was um, one of my predictions too. Is that yeah the one that took advantage of him when he was a a teenager is going to come back and it's going to unrattle him or not unrattle him. He actually seems like pretty good friends with her, but it's going <laughs> to like shake things up in their relationship or something. I don't know. I mean, that's like what I realistically predict will happen. But I feel like what I hope and most likely will not. But what I hope will happen is that. Over the course of the next two movies, like Anna has to find some sense of like independence, right? Because this whole movie is about him controlling her, like literally her diet, her work, like every aspect of her life, her car, the things that she owns. Like she's got to regain some sense of independence and not like control him, but like, you know what I mean? Like not be controlled so easily by this guy. I don't think she has to do very much because she is like a very independent person she's living on her own just like with a roommate but like she's she's moved out of her parents place she's graduated she has a job you know she has a car that she paid for that he sold but you know what she's Mm -hmm. doing pretty like well for herself and she knows how to like live her life she decides to go to georgia to see her mom despite what he says about it i think it's him that needs to realize i need to like tone it down because um this is like stalker behavior. <laughs> this is not good. I think he's got to do some some growing here. And also, I have two things. One is something that I hope will happen, mm-hmm. and then something that I think will realistically might happen. So the realistic one is there was a lot in his backstory that, again, they didn't really address yes. about him not wanting to be touched. So in all of the scenes, he's touching her or he's tied her hands while they're doing it so she can't really touch him. Eventually, she got to touch him. He got to let her touch him. Um, yes. So I think I think that's got to happen. This last prediction that I had is that Anna is obviously very uncomfortable <laughs> with the idea of being a submissive. She's like not super into everything that he's doing. She's been willing to try a lot of things and it's not worked out too great. I think they got to switch roles. I think he's got to be a submissive. She's got to be try to be the dominant. He has to learn how to be a submissive in like an actual healthy way. Not like he was with the woman who like abused him and took advantage of him. But like in this new relationship, he's got to learn, you know, how to let go in like a different way. You know what I mean? He's got to like reclaim his submissiveness. Yes, she can like help him overcome his trauma in a healthy consensual way where he's not mm, a minor you know Mm -hmm. being abused uh you know just like 
help him. Yeah, I agree. That would be nice. Just help him work through his past, you know, keep up those safe words, make sure stuff doesn't go too far, but like help him be comfortable and open up and stuff. I think they also got to use their safe word at some yeah. point because there's a lot that happened in this movie that Anna was like not into. She's got to speak up. You know, she's got to use them safe words um, or Christian because he's like not comfortable with her touching him. So if, if they do some touch touching and he's like not into it, use that safe word. Yes. Yeah. So, OK, we've talked about our like. Well, I feel like this uh, kind of fits in with uh, predictions. Oh predictions put that d in bms oh (laughs) going along the lines of predictions which could kind of fit in with what we expect from the from the next movies we do have a segment on this podcast where we say what we would change about this movie because this one's a trilogy it could kind of fit in with what we want to see for future movies for whatever reason bunch of studios wanted a hand in this movie if we had a hand in this movie i feel like there's a lot of things that could <laughs> For one, the dialogue, right? We've mentioned yeah. it. Gotta get a new writer in there. Yeah, the dialogue was... It was awkward, but also I feel like part of that might have been casting. I feel like a, there were, there's a better Christian Grey out there that um, might have sold it a li- just a little better. If that's possible, again, you know, not, not a lot to work with. I really liked Dakota Johnson's acting. I felt like she was good. She was the perfect amount of awkward up without being like overly cringy, except for I feel like the the stuff that was cringy about her was like the direction when they were like, you have to fall on the ground for no reason. And yeah. over nothing. Or like, yeah, that's, that's not up to her. So, yeah, you know, she's just doing her best. But she did well with the stuff that she was given. Christian, I don't know. He didn't do anything for me. He was boring and stiff. Yeah. And... Yeah. Just like not in not in the way we want in the movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was just like, dude, lighten up, man. He's like, you gotta sign my contract. I'm such a sad emo, and my mom was a crack addict. Yeah. <laughs> crack, crack a joke instead of some cocaine, man. <laughs> if he said that in his SNL stand-up routine, <laughs> I would have been like, hell yeah, dude. Um, but he didn't. Yeah, he was just he was trying to sound intense in a sexy way but it just sounded intense in an awkward bored way like he says like yeah i'd like to fuck you into the middle of next week and it's like okay put some passion into it you know can i ask you Mm -hmm. who you think would make a better christian gray Ooh, let's get it let's get some casting going on recast the next two movies Okay, you know what? I actually found a list of potentials <gasps> on uh, Wikipedia. Now, is this so, fan casting potentials or people they were considering? No, no, no. This is people they were considering, but Ooh. things you know, fell apart because of uh, scheduling conflicts or they were yes. attached to other projects. Anyway, there's okay. a, a, a whole bunch of people. So these are all people that they considered. E.L. James wanted Robert Pattinson. Well, people were like, that would be weird. So we're not going to do that. (laughs) Hey, Robert, would you like to start in a fan fiction of that movie that everyone made fun of you for, for a lot of years? (laughs) And that you hated yourself? 
He's probably like, no. <laughs> Even if they yeah. did ask him, which I don't think they got to that part, he would probably be like, no. I feel like also, like, it's weird because they're writing about his character, but also because E.L. James probably wrote that fan fiction about the movie, right? Where you see the act. So she's basically writing fan fiction about Robert Pattinson, which uh-huh. is weird to to star in a in like a porno fan fiction about yourself. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she wanted Rob Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, no oh, surprise God. there, oh. to kind of reprise their roles from from Twilight. People were like, that's not going to happen. Uh, no. There were some good creative people on that team who had a lick of common sense. They were like, no, that that would be kind of weird. So that thankfully did not happen. I have a list for both the roles of Kristen Grey and for Anastasia. So Anastasia was almost played by Elizabeth Olsen, Shailene oh. Woodley, Felicity Jones, Amelia Clark. They wanted her, but Amelia Clark was like... No, I already done enough nudity in Game of Thrones. I don't yeah. want to be like the nudity girl. Good on her. Uh, Lucy Hale auditioned, and she was like, that was the most weird audition of my life. Oh, my so- God. <laughs> <laughs> and then before Christian Grey, they also considered Ian Somerhalder, Ooh. Chase Crawford. Charlie Hunnam was supposed to play, but he had scheduling conflicts. They wanted Ryan Gosling, Stephen A. Mal who just, like, flat out said no. Um, <laughs> Good for you, son. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people that both expressed interest and denied it. <laughs> mm. I feel like, I mean, I've seen a bit of the Vampire Diaries. I feel like Ian Somerhalder could have done a good job. He's got that kind of suave, sexy persona, but he's also, like, playful in his line delivery, which I think is what this movie needed, was a bit of... Mm-hmm. I mean, no pun intended with the whole playing room <laughs> aspects, but we needed a bit more playfulness with his dialogue because he was just so boring. Yeah. And he's Ian Summerholder is pretty intense, but not yeah. in a bored way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he would have been good. Other than the casting, I also wanted to go over in terms of things we could have changed. There were a lot of things I could have cut from this movie if I was editing this movie. Just... A lot. Um, like a lot of the backstory and unnecessary just scenes where they're like walking and talking about literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, okay, so I have, uh, I think, like three things. Uh, number one, her friend Jose. They introduce him in the beginning of the movie. If you don't recognize his name, it's because he literally does not appear after the first half hour of the movie. Yeah. I thought they were going to have like a love triangle thing with him and Christian and Anna. Never happened. So just cut him out. Yeah. Um, the trip to Georgia. Again, her mom didn't talk some sense into her. Anna didn't come to like any conclusions that are helpful to her life. Useless. Cut, cut it. Yeah. The whole cut scene it. where they're talking, they have that dinner with Christian's family. Cut it. We didn't learn yeah. anything about Christian's family or his backstory or his relationship to his two siblings, which he has. Um, One of whom hey. is dating Anna's roommate. Yeah, and we learned nothing about that. And um, the contract cut the it. Whole, the literal MacGuffin item in this movie that this whole plot revolves around. I weirdly agree. Cut it. Yeah, because at the end, even he's like, you know, the contract was pretty stupid. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> yeah, it is. 
why did it take you an hour and a half of movie time to come to that conclusion? Yeah, well, because all just that. talked. He could have been like, yo, here's the things that she that I'm into. And she could have been like, mm, not into this, not into this, willing to try this and just talked it over. That whole scene where they're negotiating the contract. Did it have to be a weird written business contract? Yeah, I don't. And if you did cut all of that stuff out, you could have had scenes where they're actually like have chemistry and like are happy like getting along and not being stalkerish that's another thing is the characters scrap them and just come (laughs) up with some other characters that are more likable and more relatable and that we kind of you know root for yeah the plot scrap it the characters scrap it (laughs) (laughs) also one thing i would change less christian (laughs) yeah yeah less christian maybe even less anna (laughs) <laughs> I just, you know what, it was, was it just me? Or was this movie, like, overall, like, mad boring, bro? It was super boring. And I think part of it is that I just didn't care about them. Oh, and it's because they weren't memorable in a good way, people on their own. And then together, their relationship was so mm, toxic and bad mm. and not good. And we never really understand. This is something else I would change is we never really understand why Christian wants Anna so much and mm-hmm. why Anna wants Christian so much because they're literally polar opposites of what they're looking for. Christian is like, I'm looking for a girl who is doing the kinky stuff, and which Anna's not gonna do. And he's like, I'm looking for a girl who's not a romantic, which Anna is. And he's like, I'm looking for a girl who won't fall in love with me, which Anna does. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, there's no, like, out of all the, and uh, a ridiculous, and I do mean a ridiculous amount of this movie, ridiculous. There we go again. Mm-hmm. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. So much of this movie is them just sitting around talking, like far too much of this movie. And not one of those scenes was like, hey, what do you like to do for fun? Hey, is there any yeah. like emotional level that we can connect on besides mm, you're kind of pretty? You know what I mean? Yeah, nothing, like nothing. No, we should we should show that Christian Grade knows how to fly a helicopter and a fighter jet plane because that's fucking cool. And it's like, OK, like, I, I guess so. <laughs> There's not, you could have had a scene where, oh, like, she's this little nerdy girl. Okay, one thing I used to do in my real life with my real life brother was, like, as kids, we would, like, buy model airplanes and stuff and paint them and, like, study what the original plane looked like and, like, paint them to look like that. They could have had a scene where Anna, you know, she mentioned that her dad died when she was young, I think, or divorced her mom, whatever. She could have uh, been like, oh, you know, like, with my dad, I used to, like, paint these model airplanes because, like, I'm really into I'm just like a little nerd. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> and then he could have been like, I fly airplanes. And he could have taken her on a real <laughs> thing or whatever. I don't know. Literally anything besides a random scene where he's like, yo, I got a plane. Want to see? And she's like, okay. And it's two minutes of them flying. And then the, they land and they're like, okay, cool scene. Moving on. <laughs> it's just like they have like the most pointless scenes. That would have been so good. Just like painting planes together instead of just like talking about nothing they could have even talked about nothing while they were painting planes could have gotten a little paint on each other been like oh got some paint on you got some paint on my clothes gotta take them off (laughs) we gotta throw this in the wash right away um yeah (laughs) that would have been really good and then also okay this is another issue that i have with this movie as a whole is this movie makes it seem like sex and love are two completely separate things on like opposite ends of a scale but they're like not 
Now, you and I are not BDSM practitioners, shall we say. So we don't have a lot of knowledge about these things. But I do think that there's a lot of trust you got to put in someone to do these BDSM things with them. And there was zero buildup of trust or communication or just any chemistry at all uh, between Anna and Christian. And I think that's what they were trying to do by make him like, quote unquote, save her from certain situations. But it just okay. like their buildup was just creepy. It wasn't there was no chemistry. Yeah. God, even in that one scene where he finds out she's a verge, uh, he was like, <laughs> the way that he phrased his question was like, is there anything you don't like to do? Like, what's off the table? He didn't ask her, what are you into? Hey, what kind of stuff do you like? He was like, no, what, what's your limit? <laughs> like, there was no, he didn't find out anything about, like, what kind of things, you know, she would would like. He, there was no interest in pleasing her and getting to know her. You're right. There was no kind of like they tried to play off a lot of these scenes as romantic, but they weren't romantic because there was no romantic chemistry. And I, you're right. They're not separate things. Love and sex. It's weird the way that they try to play this movie. Um, uh, <laughs> while you were saying that, I just real quick looked up this quote from Brooklyn Nine-Nine because it reminded me of that. This is like their whole relationship. This is <laughs> this is a, a quote that Adrian Pimento says. He's like, oh, yes. okay, here's the grand rule. You can punch me, kick me, pull my hair. I am A-OK being stabbed. Biting and scratching are on the table. You can use fire. Uh, Jake's like, those are the ground rules? Like, is there anything off limits? <laughs> Pimento's like, damn, dude, you got some really sick stuff you want to do, huh? Okay, you little pervert. All right, I like it. Don't tell me. Surprise me. <laughs> I remember that scene. <laughs> That's literally the plot of this movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's you don't even need to see this movie. Watch that one scene from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and you got it. <laughs> yeah, there's just like no chemistry, and there's no, and they know that they're not a good fit, but oh, they keep uh, going back to each other. But there's no reason. I feel like you could have even put more. Like this movie is so much of just backstory and talking and pining and. Ugh. I don't think that's why middle-aged women went to go see this movie. <laughs> like, there was, yeah. like, three, like, red room scenes, if that, like, in this <laughs> whole movie. <laughs> I mean, it just made the whole thing, like, really boring, where you were just waiting for them to happen. And in between, you're just like, what am I doing here? I feel like it needed some pizzazz, you know, a bit of humor here and there to spice things up. And I know that's kind of our go-to. <laughs> <laughs> How do we fix this movie? Add humor. <laughs> but you know what? It does save a lot of things. Here's what I would have liked to have seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I would have liked maybe if we had like an Ian Somerhalder or someone playing Christian Grey who could actually like pull off some some funny lines or whatever. And it's not literally the most serious Joker ass. Why so serious, dude? <laughs> this whole movie. I think it would have been funny. OK, if like the whole time. Because this whole movie, like all the dialogue is like them talking about sex, basically. I think it would have been funny. If they had just never, never actually said any of the word, never said the word. You know what I mean? Oh. He was like, yo, Anna, you're looking hot tonight. Want to go boink? Want to go bo <laughs> Want to go pork in my bed? <laughs> but he's got to like, play it serious. But it's yeah, funny. He's got to play it serious. But he's got to play it serious with a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Not serious yeah. like he was in this movie. Oh, no, no, no. None of that. And maybe as the movie goes on, they can get increasingly like more creative like he's like yo <laughs> ready to put this pig in your blanket oh my god <laughs> want to see the size of my lightsaber 
Ooh. Yeah, that's right. It turns out I, Christian Grey, I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> yeah, he has a literal lightsaber. He's uh, right on his shelf of Harry Potter wands. He's like, yeah, I got this while I was at Universal, picking up all these Harry Potter wands. <laughs> Pretty sick, huh? <laughs> hey, you want to come to my playroom and play Marvel vs. Capcom on my original PlayStation? Yeah, she's Before I got my like... Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that where you keep your Xbox? He should have been like, yeah. And all my other nerd stuff, because I'm a big old nerd. And she's like, oh, you don't, you're acting like this because you're a nerd, not because you do wild sex stuff. And he's like, wild sex stuff? Me? Uh, no, I, I just, I just collect Pokemon cards. Okay, it's not that weird. It, it's actually a lot of grown men do that still. A lot of people do that. And I'm, I'm in a league of people who play Pokemon still. So it's not weird. You know, and she's like, oh, this whole time I thought you were a serial killer, but it, it turns out you're just a nerd. And he's like, I, I, I'm not a nerd, okay? I'm not a nerd. You have to sign this NDA. You can't tell anyone that I have an original uh, Star Wars Lego set. <laughs> Death Star? Um, in my red room. In my playroom. He's like, I got a special room in my house, and I have a key for it. It's a, an extra key for a room in my own house. That only I really, only I'm in my house because I live alone. But anyways, and you can't, you can't judge me for what's inside, okay? And she's like, oh my god, I can't wait for the whips and chains and stuff. And he opens it and it's just like, got Spider-Man on the walls. And he's just like, okay, so I didn't wash my Batman sheets, but um, I can get some more from the closet. And uh, this is my bedroom, okay? So like, don't, don't judge me. And... (laughs) This like, is my okay. original uh, uh, gold-plated see-through that I built myself. <laughs> and oh my god, they do do, they do do, they, they, <laughs> they still do the kinky sex stuff, except he's he's like, I'm gonna tie you up like Spider-Man webs his <gasps> criminals to the wall. And she's like, okay. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so much. Do you know what I would love is just like a, a, a nerd parody of this, where it's just like... <laughs> oh my god i just thought of a great line (laughs) he's like uh, he's facing the window right really dramatic she comes in topless and he's like he turns around and he says to her want a hulk smash (laughs) (laughs) they've been they've been going on it all day (laughs) going at it all day and she's like really dude like you're still horny you want to go another round and he's like that's my secret anna I'm always horny. <laughs> He's like, I can do this all day. Um, that would have been so good. Oh, it would have been way. I, w- I would have been way more into the 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 nerdy thing. You kidding me? You see, yeah. you come into this uh, this red room and got like an original Xbox and uh, got a, a Twilight Princess up, all ready to go on your Nintendo. I'd be like, oh my god, what is going on in here? This is so much better than what I expected. Yeah, and they can add like a layer of meta, and he has a Twilight poster on his wall. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. He's like, that's they my had- personal hero, Edward Cullen. <laughs> They had no Twilight references in this yeah. whole, like they had the beats where you were like, okay, I know at what point in Twilight the movie this fanfic is at, but they had no references. She should have had Twilight posters in her room. He got her some books <laughs> at some point as a gift. They should have been original first editions of the Twilight novels. Oh my God. Yeah. And and like you said before, when he takes her out to the woods for literally no reason except to be creepy, yeah. she should have had that line where um, it's like... Say it, say it out loud. Serial killer. <laughs> and then he is, and then he kills her. And then the yeah. movie ends. You know what? Just a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink goes a long way. And I would have loved him to be like the opposite of what you 
expect, I guess, from a Dom kind of person because they make him like this super possessive stalker kind of dude. And I think that they were trying to make him seem like dominant in like every situation. <laughs> but but I don't know, like just like flip that on its head and have him be like this super shy, soft-spoken, nerdy dude who also, like, can, like, really, like, get it on in the bedroom. You know? Like, just, like, flip that that expectation. His behavior could have been changed if he was just, like, a big old nerd with some humor. I would have... Yes! That would have been so much better. Imagine he's not some big CEO. He's, like, bottom of the company, bottom of the barrel, right? Everyone's stepping (gasps) all over him. And this is the one place in his life where he has control. (gasps) <gasps> or oh okay okay maybe he's bottom of the barrel like intern at this big company and she's the ceo and she's doing ceo stuff all day and she's got to boss everyone around in her work life she doesn't want to do that in the bedroom so she lets him who has no control in his personal life yes. oh my god hang on a second and i feel like if he was this little like cute little nerdy dude we could get some of those funny lines going on like yeah. oh my god <laughs> just while we were talking i searched this up and I, I gotta read you some of my favorites because i feel like okay i like the idea of him like using any sort of euphemism in place of saying like let's have sex but also i found some other words you could use in place of uh, the danglang um, <laughs> i gotta read you some of my favorites. okay we're gonna start off with the you know this one makes sense like Rooster, okay. Oh, that's okay. a yeah. It's a fun little play on words. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like this next one, even though it well, like is again maybe not the best <laughs> word. <laughs> Tell me how you feel about baloney pony. Ooh, mm, I I had a strong reaction. I don't know which way it was though. <laughs> I don't know which way it went. We got joystick, which okay, I get okay. I get what we're going for with that one. Um, I do quite like this next one though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what? This one kind of leans into the the fighter pilot thing we were talking about before. Heat-seeking moisture missile. (laughs) Oh, that that one is a no-no. This is what the contract is really about in our version is which words can we say that are not immediately just like make you throw up in your mouth words. So Uh she's got to cross off a lot of these. The last one I'm taking from web.stanford.eu. So you know it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a smart one. <laughs> um, <laughs> octagon. Oh, um, now does I it got, say why? No, and I'm oh. very, it's just like kind of in a list. And I'm, hey, dude, how does that work out? How in hey. any sense of the word do you get octagon? <laughs> Hey, dude, I'm I'm sorry. You got to comment right now and you got to direct this person to a doctor because something (laughs) is not going not not right. (laughs) I'm logging on to Twitter right now. (laughs) Web.stanford.eu. Is something wrong with me? If it looks like an octagon. (laughs) And tweet. (laughs) Okay, well, you were doing that. I was I was looking at words for the vijay. Okay. (sighs) You know, she can't have all the fun calling his little thingy different funny names. He's got to call her thingy some funny names, too. So we got the classics. We got Vag. We got Vajayjay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Vajin. We got um, Bajingo. Oh, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. This is new. This is, by the way, from Yahoo News. So this okay. is today's sure. top news. Whatever day you're, you're listening, 
Bajingo is a good one. Foof. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Not, sort of, I don't think any of those letters are in the original word, but we'll yeah. go with it. <laughs> we, we also got Minky. So that's oh, kind that's of a fun cute. one. It's kind of a cute one. <laughs> this one, I, this one, I think I like very much. It's penis fly trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one is good. That one's the winner. All the money, all the stars. That one. <laughs> that's my vote. Oh yeah. So yeah, we got some fun options for the peen, for the mm-hmm. vajay, for oh, the fly trap. Yes. Yeah, penis <laughs> penis fly trap. <laughs> And I did want to say, it says on Wikipedia, there was a actual parody movie by the Wayan Brothers, who you might know from White Chicks. They oh. were the creators of White Chicks. Yes. Uh, Marlon Wayan was in Naked, which is a movie we did earlier this year. So they have a parody movie called Fifty Shades of Black. So I think if you want like a funny oh. one, I think that's where we got to go. Oh, yeah, I agree. Maybe for... um. Like Valentine's Day or something, or maybe the 69th day of the year could be a fun one to do. That's good. Yeah, we got we got a lot of options. Yeah. By the way, was there any more notes that you had or like things you would change? I I have one more thing that I would change. And I think we we talked about this a lot, but his backstory is not addressed (laughs) at all. And it's pretty like traumatic. Um, I feel like they're waiting to address it in a future movie. I don't know. The way that it's brought up is like, it's brought up and then he's like, anyway. And it's like, <laughs> the conversation wasn't over. I feel like there could have been more to say about his backstory. There could have been like a message in his backstory. Like, oh. I don't know if they're going to address this stuff. They're, they could have addressed like, you know, uh, in, in movies, there's not a lot of older women taking advantage of younger men mm. as there is the opposite there could have been some commentary on that if this is going to be a serious intense movie anyway with a lot of talking might as well yes and maybe some kind of like i don't know like i want her to have some repercussions later on i want like yeah. so anyone who is like in this situation like to know like what to do i feel like because you know this is this dude has been dealing with this since he was like 15 like he's been dealing with this all his life like to know kind of like in the later movies, if he's like, you know, I don't know, like tells the police or I don't know how this would be dealt with, but maybe they could deal with that in, later on. Yeah, because in this movie, he doesn't really seem to realize that there's something wrong with it because Anna's like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, are you OK? Like, clearly you were abused. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. But he's like, nah, it's cool. She's my friend now. And I'm like, hang on a second. We got to we got to do a little bit more with this. Yeah, definitely agreed there. I, I think that's all that I have for our improvement section. Is there anything else that you had? No, I I am very curious, though, what, what kind of other people are saying about this movie. Because I when you mentioned like, oh, my God, episode 69. Nice, nice, nice. By the way, <laughs> um, we, we got to do a Fifty Shades. I was like surprised because I looked it up afterward and it does actually have under a, a five or under a 50 percent or whatever it is. And I was surprised because this movie is like so kind of well known. I didn't expect it to get such bad reviews. I mean, after watching it, I get why it got such bad reviews. But mm-hmm. I'm curious to see kind of what the Internet thought about it. I, I don't know. I feel like the demographic was like older women that I'm curious to see if maybe they had some good things to say about it versus kind of the rest of the, the world. 
Yeah. So just for reference, IMDb gave this a 4.1 out of 10. And the critics of Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 25%, while the audience gave it a 41%. Damn. Yeah, that tracks. (laughs) Gotta say. Before we get into reviews, can I just mention some trivia? You may. Very quickly. This one is fun. Angelina Jolie was offered the chance to direct, but she declined. Yeah, that's fair. Good for you. (laughs) You girl. Like... We mentioned at the beginning, there was a scene in the book where Christian just kind of takes out her tampon and they go at it. Well, apparently, director Sam Taylor Johnson omitted the scene and it wasn't even discussed when the script was being written. Yeah. So that was <laughs> that was not happening. That is a um, fair decision to make, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sex scenes constitute 14 minutes and 17 seconds of the runtime. That tracks. And did you know each cast member learned their lines in five days? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess they were doing some other stuff other than, you know, talking. You know what I mean? That's true. One more thing from IMDb before I go on to some Wikipedia trivia is during filming in Vancouver, several residents were upset over the commotion caused by the production. One man rang his cowbell out the apartment window, (gasps) ruining several shots until the producers came to an agreement with him by moving some rain machine to another location. Now, speaking of SNL, more cowbell. Oh, my God. It all comes (laughs) full circle. Now, just a couple of Wikipedia trivias. Did you know that this movie was nominated for some Oscars? Not the movie itself. But the song Earned It by The Weeknd was nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. And the single Love Me Like You Do was nominated for a Golden Globe. Don't know if they won, but they sure did win a lot of Razzies because they got five out of six nominations. They won them, including Worst Picture and both of the leading roles got a Razzie. I feel like Dakota did a good job. I did not think that Jamie did a good job. No. And I just want to mention two quotes from reporters from actual professional reviews. Uh, These are on Wikipedia, by the way. But Moira McDonald of the Seattle Times wrote, Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie, for the record, is not as bad as Fifty Shades of Grey, the book. But that's not saying much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And then A.O. Scott of the New York Times called the movie terrible, but wrote that it might nonetheless be a movie that feels good to see, whether you squirm or giggle or roll your eyes or just sit still and take your punishments. <laughs> Damn. Ooh. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, there are a lot of good reviews, a lot of uh, good, not good reviews, but a lot of funny <laughs> Uh, reviews, professional reviews. I read a couple of articles that I'll I'll put on our Twitter. There's an Entertainment Weekly article about 13 lingering questions about Fifty Shades, um, including the questions, how does Christian sell her car? And are Anna and her roommate intimate? Mm, interesting read. Mm. And then I have another article from The Atlantic I mentioned before, The Troubling Sex of Fifty Shades. And it kind of breaks down why it's so bad. And unhealthy. So yeah, I will post those on our Twitter later. But yeah, let's get into the IMDb reviews. Let's get into the letterbox reviews. Yeah, we have three IMDb reviews here. The first is by user 
Bevo-1367-8, who gave it, oh my god, who gave it a 10 out of 10. Damn. Their tagline is, love it. A show about, <laughs> what? A show about <laughs> interior decorating. Excuse me? Is this the right <laughs> review? A oh, show yeah. about interior decorating with a few fight scenes <laughs> thrown in. DIY must make them really horny as they're too busy with the whips and chains to get any painting done. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that is hilarious. Wow. Bevo, good job. <laughs> yeah, better than any of the writing in this movie. Oh, yes. The next is by user... Feast Mode, who gave it a 1 out of 10. That tracks a lot a lot better, I think. <laughs> and their tagline is, my notes. Fine. I'll admit it. I watched it. It should be in discussion for one of the worst movies of all time. It is straight Garbo in every way possible. <laughs> I could have ranted for hours about how much I hated this movie. One viewing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if they were like, it's straight Garbo. Three viewings. <laughs> <laughs> this review is straight garbo. Seventy viewings. <laughs> the last review on IMDb is by user Leo F Wine underscore Draca, who also gave it a one out of ten. Tagline is Who thought this was a good idea? Fifty Shades of Grey is a film every bit as bad as you've heard. The screen adaptation of the best-selling erotic novel exploring the topics of bondage. You can tell this started out as a piece of internet fanfiction based on the Twilight Saga that became inexplicably popular. It's like a cheesy Mills and Boone romance with some unexpectedly dark subject matter involving violence against women, and yet some women seem to get a kick out of this. I don't see why. As a film, this is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Badly scripted by someone with a tin ear for natural-sounding dialogue and with embarrassingly wooden performances from the two leads. The much-hyped sex scenes feature extensive nudity and a lot of athletic moments, okay? But not once is any of it erotic or appealing. Instead, it feels cheap, tawdry, and rather sleazy. I can't believe they've made sequels either. Damn. Damn. This movie is a dog. Whatever that yeah. means. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I have five uh, reviews from Letterboxd as well. The first review is by Julia, who gave it half a star out of five. Even porn scripts are better than that. <laughs> <laughs> the next review is by Aaron, who gave it one and a half stars. And Aaron says, Dakota Johnson was just in a silly, goofy mood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next review is by Bailey, and then a little archery emoji, uh, who gave it one star. Anna must have a WAP, LMAO. He was really desperate. Oh, no. <laughs> the next review is by Rachel, and then, like, an apartment building emoji. I don't even know what this is. Who <laughs> gave it four out of five stars. And Rachel says, what can I say? I love cinema. <laughs> <laughs> The last review is by Ellie Twinkle Emoji, who gave it one and a half stars. And Ellie says, when she asked what a butt plug is, my soul left my body and went straight down to hell. And you know what? It's happier there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, the reviews are in and they're not good. <laughs> and now it's time for our reviews, which will probably not be any better. 
not be no. any more generous. No, unlikely. If you're new to our podcast, we are so sorry. This is the episode you decided to start with. <laughs> <laughs> but we rate all the movies that we watch on what we call, oh, I don't even want to say his good name. Yeah. Oh, what do, do we really want to bring him into this? this don't oh. bring him into this. He doesn't deserve it. No, we rate this on a scale. And it's a scale of bad movies. And it's named after a great, great actor of our time who does not deserve to have his name associated to this episode. Wait, maybe the Grey Bloom scale. Ooh. <gasps> oh my, well, that is good. Damn, that, that is, is a good that one. That is good. It's not his okay. whole name. No, you can put it together. You can, <laughs> smart cookie, you, can, you listener can put it together who you knew it is. The Grey Bloom scale. Damn, <laughs> that was good, Ames. <laughs> and this is a scale of bad movies. So a 10 out of 10 is not necessarily a perfect movie, it's just pretty good for a bad movie. Uh, and a 1 out of 10 is so bad I could barely finish it. Uh, okay, so <laughs> we've mentioned that uh, IMDb Rotten Tomatoes gave it about a 4 on a, on a 1 out of 10 scale. What would you give this movie, Amy? <laughs> okay, at the beginning, I was like, this movie is so bad that it's kind of funny. Like, her tripping over nothing? I love that. It could be a slice of that anytime. I love that. So that was like the first half an hour-ish where I was like having fun with this movie, surprisingly. I had fun, but I didn't have enough fun. I didn't have as much fun as I thought I would. Like when we go into a movie like Sharknado or even like the OG Twilight, you know it's going to be fun. And it's pretty fun like the whole way through. But this one, it was just frustrating at points and it was like mm. kind of annoying like they bring up the contract so much and it's like why it it literally has no bearing on the movie so it was fun at points and some of the dialogue was pretty funny <laughs> but it wasn't fun or funny enough so i'm gonna give it like i don't know like a three we've seen worse movies oh my it's... god i'm also oh. gonna give it a three. Oh. I agree. I think I also started off same way where I was like, okay, I see where this movie's kind of going, but it could, uh, you know, we, we could laugh at it. But it just got so dark and serious and broody throughout the rest. And then it's like the whole point of this movie is the scenes. And there was like three of them. And the rest of them was just like talking about, oh, my God, woe is me. My mom was a crack <laughs> addict. Like, okay, so was every white girl on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a crack addict. <laughs> I'm such a crack addict. Like, calm down. <laughs> this movie was boring. I think at the heart of it, I was like bored. I was cutting my nails and eating beans. <laughs> like, eating toenails. My yeah. toe, not even my right, my toenails. <laughs> That's like the nastiest nail. That's the least sexy nail. <laughs> I was so bored watching this movie. Again, it wasn't the worst thing, but it was not what I was here for. It was not good. No, it had it had the awkwardness of Twilight, which was funny. But then it had the toxicity of the kissing booth, which I did oh, not like. Yes. But then yes. it also had the dialogue of Riverdale, which <laughs> could be funny oh, at times, but also sometimes was just cringe, like not in a funny way. Ugh. And like, I'm kind of embarrassed for you way. Yeah, it's got three of those cringe finity stones. <laughs> <laughs> the trifecta. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it was kind of disappointing, honestly, watching it. I think that's what I felt at the end, was just bored and disappointed and unsatisfied. Well, yeah. that's a bad way of putting Like a real relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Yeah, I am I am curious to see if they improve the sequels. We'll see. We we will see. I think this is kind of similar to the Kissing Booth series again in that the second and third were filmed back to back. And so if there was any, you know, constructive feedback that they got after the second one, probably ignored it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then we'll we'll see if the second one gives us any sort of reprieve. Yeah. We are sorry for how long this episode has gone on for. I'm sorry. This was kind of a, a long one, but we had a lot to cover. So if you're still with us at this point, huge thank you to you. <laughs> yeah. And if you have seen this movie, like many others in this world, for for what reason? But <laughs> if you have seen this movie and you have thoughts on it, or if you have other movies to recommend to us, you can always find us on Twitter or Letterboxd. We're at BMS Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email at badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com. And another thank you to Kevin McLeod for providing our theme song. The song is Riptide, and you can find it on his website, incompetech.filmmusic.io. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. We have been Bad Movie Sunday, and we will see you next next week. Am I making you horny, baby? Oh, God, you're not, though. <laughs> you're literally not. <laughs>